America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hey, everybody. I've done this intro like three times because I'm trying to be better about introducing myself at the beginning of these because there's lots of new people. And it always just feels a little weird because I just feel so comfortable and broken in here. It's like introducing myself to a best friend is what it feels like. But I want to honor those of you who are new. So just in case you are new, hi, my name is Lizzie. Uh, I have three kids. They're ages seven and younger. Today We're in January 2021, so whenever you hear this. And I experienced postpartum anxiety and depression um, twice, real bad, after baby two and three. I also had birth trauma and postpartum hemorrhaging after baby number one. So I've experienced a lot of that stuff. Um, I tried the whole mainstream medical care with um, therapy through the birth center that I birthed in. I tried um, switching from a medicated labor to a natural delivery and having midwives and stuff, which I actually really loved the experience, but it didn't really touch the depression postpartum. I also tried uh, antidepressants. I got on those after the very first time I ever experienced depression and anxiety when I totally didn't know what it was all the way through after the birth of my third child and stayed on those till I found coaching. But the problem was they kind of stopped working. So they worked at first and then they didn't. And, um, All of this to say, I have since learned and found for myself that the body stores emotion and that anxiety and depression are not just about, um, like what you're eating or how life is or how much sleep you're getting. Although those things do play a role, but a lot of times when we are depressive and anxious, there is basically a separation from ourselves to ourselves. And these symptoms come up as reasons to wake us up to who we really are our true actual life purpose, our true actual identity, and to redirect us to what real love is to ourselves. As simplistic as that sounds, this is what heals us. This is what does the heaviest lifting of postpartum mental health healing and physical healing in our body. So if you haven't heard just a couple episodes back or even just one episode back, um, real love versus unconditional love. Check that out as well. In addition to today's episode, don't go anywhere. This one is foundational. It's so good. I'm so excited to bring you the topic of safety today. Speaking of love, love and safety kind of go hand in hand. I want you to imagine if some, you know, worldwide threat was attacking our planet and everybody was in a state of panic and alarm and not very safe. How much time do you feel like you would be spending focusing on 
loving yourself and healing your body? Probably not a lot, right? You'd probably be more of survival mode. And the thing is, it doesn't matter if zombies are coming at earth or if you are managing three kids at home. If your brain and your nervous system perceives you to be unsafe in any way, for any reason, you, the, the result is the same, which is symptoms. So symptoms equals unsafety in the nervous system. The brain is perceiving unsafeness. You are not feeling safe to some degree. And the greater the symptoms, the greater the the sense of unsafety. Okay. I I don't know how else to say it. Unsafety doesn't feel like a word danger, (laughs) but I like the word safety. I'm going to keep using it. So it's unsafety for today. (laughs) Um, isn't that crazy? So that's what we're going to dive into today. We're going to talk about the types of things that can get us feeling unsafe, how to regulate and feel safe again. And of course, if you want more help, the way to work with me is just going to lizzylangston.com and booking a free 60 minute consult. So just know that that's there for you as well. Um, before we dive in last little tidbit, please, if you haven't, would you leave me a review? I'm batting my eyelashes at you (laughs) with an innocent smile on my face. Here's the deal. This podcast is kind of really growing and it's doing so amazing. And I'm so happy about all the women that are finding this resource completely free and effing healing themselves. It's ridiculously awesome. And some of them come and work with me and then some of them don't, and I don't even care. And I just love it all so much. I want to share all the schmoozing, oozing healing with the world. I am currently coming up as number one or two when people search postpartum in Apple podcasts. And that's because of all the reviews you guys have left. I know it. And because I show up here every week and have great stuff, you know, we work together. And then, um, and then with Google, here's my goal is I want to get this podcast as the first podcast that comes up when people put in postpartum podcast on Google. So far, I'm also number one on Spotify when people put in postpartum. Um, when they're searching podcasts. So we're so close to being number one everywhere. (laughs) When people, women, moms, let's be real. These are the people that are searching, I guess some dads or whoever's partners might, but you know what? Um, I would love your help with that. So if you want to be a helper and give back and contribute to, to this podcast, I would so appreciate it. Just, um, if you're on an iPhone, you just go all the way down to all of the episodes and it'll say, write a review. You can tap the stars to to just do a star review, or you can click write a review and then that'll open up a new window and you'll get to tap your stars and then put your name and the review. So I would really, really love that. Thank you so much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. I'm so excited. Safety is, I kind of had a mind explosion over this topic. So let's dive in. Okay. So remember earlier how we talked about zombies for a minute. Did you catch that? (laughs) 
That's my air conditioning. I had to turn it off because it blows really loud and sometimes it gets me too cold. Grateful for AC though here in Costa Rica. By the way, I live in Costa Rica if you didn't know that. All right. So we were talking about the zombie apocalypse and how we would all be in this crazy state of survival mode and our nervous systems, which there's a few components to the nervous system. But when I say that, I'm mostly talking about your brain and your spinal cord and then your spinal, so your brain sends us, it has like a trigger, like, oh, we're not safe. We just decided we're not safe. It sends messages to your spinal cord of what parts of the body to juice up with cortisol and fight or flight mode. And um, when that happens in a way that we didn't want it to, or that we didn't expect it to, or we don't know why it's happening, that's when we usually call it anxiety. Sometimes that can be a trauma response if, it, if it's more based on past stuff and past buildup. But Yeah, that is basically what happens when we don't feel safe is that trigger response in our nervous system, which can lead to a lot of anxiety. I want to tell you about three ways that you might be feeling unsafe without knowing it. Okay. Because I don't want to spend time talking to you guys about safety, like a kindergartner, because you know what safety is, but three things that come up postpartum that lead to depression and anxiety. Let's just cut straight to it, right? no fluff. The first thing is, and I think I want to go straight to the beginning is when you deliver in wherever you deliver. I mean, I feel like a lot of people do the hospital, but more and more these days we're seeing alternative birth situations. I know I've definitely done the hospital and then I've also done a birth center, which I loved. I got to give a shout out. It's called Willow Birth Center. It's in Gilbert, Arizona, Gilbert Mesa. And they're phenomenal. They're certified nurse midwives. Okay. I just had to say that because it really was an amazing experience. I felt so safe. I felt like my baby was safe. The hospital was just a couple minutes drive away just in case, but they had everything really that the hospital had to offer me except for like a NICU. And again, they were just a couple minutes away and part of the safety they created. And I'm not really meaning to give such a plug for them. I'm kind of tying it into our theme today of safety is they monitored me so thoroughly, um, throughout the whole delivery process so that when the baby came there, it was very unlikely that there would be any sort of surprises. So I felt like it actually held them accountable and gave me a warmer space to um, birth in. I got to birth in a bathtub. Then my husband and I cuddled on a queen size bed, but I totally understand for those who are just like, would not feel safe in that setting because it's not a hospital. That's what I'm saying. All of us get the prerogative to define what safety is and isn't. But when our body's having a lot of responses to a lot of feelings of unsafety, that's when we need to learn how to create safety for ourselves. Okay. And there's this thing called emotional safety. So going back to talking about birthing in a hospital, for example, or wherever you birthed, you know what? If you don't feel safe, you're not going to speak up, right? Which then creates more unsafety and you hold a bunch of emotion in, which is emotionally, I wouldn't say it's unsafe, but it definitely does um, create a further risk of anxiety and depression later. It can create risk of chronic illnesses and pain as well. So this is something that we want to really know about is when we're delivering, are we with people? Do we feel safe with our spouse? Do we need to bring a doula in order to feel safe? Do we truly, or did we truly feel safe with our doctor? Did we even really know what safety was? I know that when I delivered my first couple of babies, um, there were a couple people that were in my circle of life people (laughs) that 
um, recommended this doctor to me and I just did whatever they said, because now looking back, I realized I was kind of in a state of unsafety in those relationships. And I really just like in order to receive love in some of those relationships, I was in the pattern at that time in my life of, again, we talked about this on the unconditional love versus conditional love episode, but I was in this pattern of loyalty and fear-based conditional love in relationships. And so I just was doing whatever people said. So I really didn't ever get to think about my safety. I didn't even think about it. I didn't know at that time in my life that that was something that was important to my mental health, to my physical health, obviously to your physical health, but with mental health, I didn't know about emotional safety. And later I started to respect and understand my own body's need for safety. So that's one of the things that you might not think about. Another thing that I feel like my cl- like my clients are constantly surprised about is, did you know that it is it can be emotionally unsafe to be the full-time caretaker to your children and never have time for yourself? And it can literally send you into panic mode. Like you have needs as a human. And as much as you might resent them or wish they would go away sometimes when you just want to be the best mom ever or whatever, that's just not how it is. And when you don't meet your own needs, and I'm not just talking about like hygienic needs or eating and stuff like that. I'm talking about your emotional needs of having a purpose in life and being able to see fruits of your labors in that purpose. And if, and sometimes people, women decide that motherhood is the purpose. I personally believe that's not real. I believe that I like, I, you can totally disagree. It's totally fine with me. I believe that every mom needs something outside of motherhood. That's just her own, whether it is knitting and sewing on her couch while she's with her kids. It doesn't have to be this big, bold, you know, thing that millions of people can see. Sometimes it is that, but sometimes it's not, but, but like there is something to having fulfillment that is not in raising other people, but that is in also continuing to nurture and raise yourself because we still need mothering too. Got to learn how to mother the mother. All right. So emotional, like that's the one thing is when you don't have time, when you consistently on repeat, do not have a safe space because by the way, remember we withhold things typically around our kids. And so technically that's not a safe space for mama to process her emotions, her big adult woman emotions, stuff that she needs to process being around the kids 24 seven. Hopefully none of us are doing that. You know, hopefully you get at least bedtime breaks and stuff, but that can produce the same effects of being like actually physically unsafe because that doesn't give you a lot of emotional space and safety to rest. Another um, way that unsafety is kind of created or emotional danger, which then, you know, makes you more likely to become anxious and depressive is if there's not support of mental health in your family and you haven't yet learned to be, to still advocate for yourself regardless. And so what happens is reaching out and, and getting help can feel unsafe because you'll get made fun of, ridiculed. Um, maybe your husband will be like, what am I not enough for you? Or maybe he's really tight with money and he'll, it feels unsafe to advocate and say, Hey, I want to hire someone because he might, you know, withdraw money or hide money from you. I don't even know what, whatever his behaviors could be, or it could be like an argument or something. So, um, 
we have to learn how to provide ourselves safety and how to be around people who feel safe or how to address the lack of safety that there is in our close relationships, especially so that we can process all of our emotions. We can reach out and get help if we need it. These are like really important. Okay. And that we can speak up for ourselves and advocate in the hospital. Okay. I'm going to shift gears here and share a little bit about what I do in my sessions with my clients to create safety. I truly believe that the number one reason women want to come step into my virtual office and meet with me is because they need emotional safety and they don't know how to create it yet for themselves. And so by purchasing a safe container and the help of somebody who's very safe, you have a safe container to learn safety and to, and to be protected from your own negativity, to be protected from your own judgment, the negativity and judgment of other people to have guidance and protection with the symptoms that are very real that you're experiencing. And when you have safety, you can like calm down, you can heal, and then you can start to feel and learn and understand love, unconditional love, which then negates the need for more healing in the future. I mean, the little stuff, but not like the big buildup where we have this mental health crisis. Okay. Um, And what actually sparked this episode and why I decided to teach on it was in a session today, a new client told me that she had previously worked a bit with someone else, but ultimately chose to work with me because she felt so safe with me. And there was this like profound safety. That was the word that she identified was safety. And this sort of blew my mind. Like, I know I'm safe, but it really highlighted how truly important it is for clients. And so, um, I'm going to share some ways that I create safety with my clients and you can borrow these and start right now creating them with yourself. Okay. The first one is one, one way that I provide safety for my clients is that I always believe that you always have choice. I'm never putting my vision for your life on you. I am never even, even when I like bring you my philosophy or I teach you something, it's like I'm setting it on this table and you get to pick it up or not. If you don't choose to pick something up or you want to, but you're just not able to, and the next session, the same thing happened and we're talking about it again, there's never a timetable that I have in mind. And I'm never thinking to myself that they're like, oh, she's not moving fast enough or, or things like that. I genuinely approach coaching with a complete state of acceptance. And that just feels so safe, especially if you haven't had that acceptance with yourself to that degree. Another way that I create safety on purpose is I never think that I know what is good for you or best or better for you in your life. Even if I have thoughts that I share with you, if you ask me to share them with you, I always trust that my clients know better than me. How could I ever possibly know what would be right for you in your life? And it's tempting sometimes to think, oh, maybe this person should do that or this person should do that. But I've learned over the years as a coach that that's not my place. It's not my place. And so I don't, I don't do that. I don't have thoughts like that. Um, I, I defer to you that you know what is best in the decisions you make. Again, if you ask my opinion or you want me 
to help you make a decision. I can coach your mind, but I'm not going to be coaching you one way or the other. We're going to look at both options and get really clear. And then you just get to choose based on your intuition. I do help people get in touch with their intuition and that does help. Um, okay. Another thing. So one of the things I teach people is that thoughts create feelings. Again, the caveat to that is that you do have trauma that can be stored in your body. And if that gets triggered, that can bring up feelings potentially without thoughts. So I am trauma informed. That is a way that I'm really safe with people, especially if you had like a difficult upbringing or you've been through really scary, hard stuff, or you're just a human because it's in the air and we all have trauma actually. (laughs) It's another episode for another day. But even though I teach, Hey, your thoughts create your feelings, you still get to choose thoughts. And again, there's never judgment like, Oh, but there you go thinking that again. Like, why are you doing that? Because I'm in complete acceptance. If you're going to feel negative emotion and you're going to think a negative thought, I, it, there it is. We're just seeing it. We're just doing a lot of seeing. Um, I don't make my clients question everything. I don't, I don't make my clients be coached on everything. So not everything that you might share with me in a session may be something you want coaching on. And so even though you've paid me, we have this agreement, we're really tight. I always ask permission before coaching on something. If I have any doubt that you are bringing that for coaching, if you're just kind of ranting about your mother-in-law and then I'm like, okay, did you want coaching on that? Or do you want to, did you want to just tell me about that? So each piece of the conversation, each moment I'm asking permission, proceeding with consent, coaching with consent. It's one of my philosophies, one of my values. I am a human and every now and then there is a topic that somebody might want coaching on um, that is triggering to me. There's just one or two that for whatever reason, because of my life's experiences and things either that I'm struggling with or that I've watched, I don't know, for whatever reason, if, if there's not enough mastery there and I cannot hold a clean space, I will tell you the only time I've ever had this happen it has always come up on the consult and it's been something that I've been able to graciously like, you know, ponder on. Usually I take some time and space. Let me think about that. Let me feel it out. Then we talk about it and I'm like, you know what? I would so love to work with you, but this particular subject matter, I, I'm, I'm not going to coach you on that. And so I will help you find somebody else. And that is another piece of me that I think is really, really safe. Honesty, transparency. I want to protect me and you, both of us and the integrity of the coaching. Let's talk about religion and faith. So I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints currently. I practice this religion in my life. Um, I love this religion and I'm faithful in it. And I tend to market coaching and and my particular services definitely with a a warm tone of Christianity, just because that's a huge part of who I am and how I see the world. That being said, I do shift into coach mode, like coach space. And so I'm able to make a separation between the faith that I hold in my heart and my coaching clients and their faith. Most of my clients are, um, I have some that don't really have or participate in much of a religion. I've, I've served, um, Jewish clients before I've served Catholic clients. I've served, all sorts of different Christian and evangelical clients. I've served women who are kind of in the middle of a faith crisis and, um, I openly and gladly coach them all. 
So this is always something you can run by me on your, on your consult. But I think one fear that I want to, you know, just speak on is that I am not here to like be converting people through the guise of coaching. Um, no, it is not coaching. Coaching is not a tool of manipulation and I always coach with consent and I'm not using coaching as a way to, to push any, any agenda or anything like that. So I do use integrity again, though, if that's a concern or you have specific questions, just come talk to me about it on a consult. Um, I like to have safety in customer service. So there's my coach hat. And then there is like my, um, customer service hat. And so if you were to be disappointed about something in my business or not satisfied in some way, I wouldn't like just start coaching you out of it so that it wasn't an issue anymore. So occasionally there's been little things here or there between misunderstandings, or I didn't write something very clear in the contract. Um, and if things come up like that, I'm not just going to like gaslight you and be like, well, that's no, see, that's just that pattern. I'm not going to take the coaching that we've done and start to use it as a way to get myself out of responsibility. Okay. So I am always, um, looking out for your highest and best interest. And I always, um, keep the coach hat on because I'm your coach. But when you bring something up, I definitely separate out. Here's something that we could coach on if you want to. And then let me first just separately address what you're saying. And I want to validate you and make sure that I'm held accountable as the person that you are hiring to help you with your mental health needs. Another one I'm really proud of that I've kind of created as I've coached over the years is what's really common is that a friendship starts to develop and I can totally make space for a friendship. But what I always tell my clients is that when I am their coach, I'm their coach. And so once we're done with the client coach agreement at some future day, you know, if, and when we decide to be done coaching together and we celebrate all the progress you've made and we're moving on definitely a little bit more of a coach hat can be put off and I can step into more friendship, but I always tell my clients that even though I would love to be friendly and friendy with them, and there is a lot of warmth in the way that I coach you and in our relationship, I will never let friendship water down the quality of my coaching. And so I keep an awareness of that in a way that a friend wouldn't. And it's hard. It's hard sometimes, but I do that because that's my job. (laughs) because I'm safe and I'm not willing to let the integrity of my coaching go. You don't need to worry about me as your coach. You don't need to protect me. You don't need to filter what you're saying for me. You don't need to worry about me judging you. You don't have to worry about what's in my head or what I'm thinking about, what about the things you're telling me. You don't need to take care of me and try to like make things easy for me. I get to do all that. And you just get to be so safe. You get to be a hot mess if you are. And if you're feeling like that and you want to be, I can handle all of it. And my desire is to get you to the point where you can handle all of you, where when you're falling apart, you know how to help yourself get calm, regulated. And you also know how to love yourself in the falling apart. That's the dream. That's what we're after. So I do have a three-step process, calm your body, calm your mind, calm your life. But at the end of the day, It's love. It's love for you in a way that you've never received before. It's reminding your body that it can rest in love. And when you have that, the process just flows and the rest is easy.
So I invite you to come work with me. Come book a consult and let's at least just have a conversation about it. Um, it's lilingston.com forward slash consult as you'll hear on the outro. I invite you to the healing you intuitively may know even right now that you want. And I invite you just to consider if you're feeling that desire, why not now? Why not now when you're young and the kids are young and we can get you above water and not drowning? If your mental health is at a point of crisis, if you experience chronic pain, back pain, migraines, if you've developed random food sensitivities that don't make sense, if you have mood swings, postpartum depressiveness, can't seem to get stuff done that you want to get done, isolating yourself from your friends, or you have friends, but you don't get real connection and fulfillment from them. If you're anxious, if you have panic attacks, if you freak out when your kids get sick, if you have health-related anxiety and anything that's wrong in your body just spirals you out of control. These can all be linked to trauma in the body. These can be linked to the way that we're talking to ourselves, that we're loving loving ourselves. And I can help you. I can help you. Mental health is so valuable because when your mental health is good, everything else follows. So feel free to use the free consult, lizzielangston.com forward slash consult. Private coaching is available right now. Hey, Lizzie here. I've helped dozens of postpartum moms just like you to manage their postpartum anxiety and deconstruct their postpartum depression. It's really easy for me. So if you're ready to feel better, I know the way. Let's chat on the phone. Set up a time by going to lizzielangston.com forward slash consult. It's pretty simple and I will be calling you soon. 